Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Backyard Poultry with a Chicken Whisperer Radio Show brought to you by Calm Box Feeds. My name is Andy Schneider, but most know me as the Chicken Whisperer, author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, national spokesperson for the USDA Biosecurity for Birds program, and editor-in-chief of Chicken Whisperer magazine. Each week, I welcome experts in their field to share their knowledge about different topics, including backyard poultry, show poultry, heritage poultry, gardening, cooking, and, of course, living a self-sufficient lifestyle. Be sure to visit us online at chickenwhisperer.com, where you can follow us on Twitter, become a fan on Facebook, and subscribe to the totally free digital edition of Chicken Whisperer magazine. Once again, I would like to thank all of you for tuning in today to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Kalmbach Feeds. At Kalmbach Feeds, our layer pellets and crumbles are all natural, antibiotic-free, with no animal byproducts. Formulated just for laying hens, our feed is fortified with essential amino acids and calcium to ensure maximum production of nutritious, tasty, strong-shelled eggs. From our family to yours, Feed your hens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome, goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Find a dealer at kalmbachfeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H, feeds.com. Or order your layer pellets and crumples today on amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of the Chicken Whisperer. The Yard Bird Chicken Plucker takes the hassle out of backyard chicken processing by fully defeathering birds in less than 15 seconds. The compact size makes it easy to transport and easy to store. The one and a half horsepower motor and 20 inch stainless steel tub can handle two eight pound birds at the same time. There are no belts or pulleys to wear out and no adjustments necessary, which makes it virtually maintenance free. For more information about how you can own this must-have chicken processing product, visit YardBirdChickenPluckers.com today. That's YardBirdChickenPluckers.com. Ware Manufacturing has been building quality hutches since 1983. Ware manufactures modern chicken hutches 
barns, pens, and nest boxes designed especially for the backyard flock. Ware offers hutches and pens for every yard size and every chicken keeper's budget. Visit their website at waremfginc.com. That's W-A-R-E-M-F-G-I-N-C.com. Or call them to find a retailer near you at 1-888-824-7257. Ware Manufacturing. Since 1921, Stromberg's has been a family-owned and operated business providing quality poultry and poultry supplies to their customers. Today, the Stromberg's family offers over 200 different breeds of poultry, including chickens, waterfowl, and game birds. They also offer poultry supplies for both the beginner and experienced poultry keeper. Stromberg should be on the top of your list when it's time to order your new day-old baby chicks and poultry supplies. Order online today at strombergschickens.com. That's strombergschickens.com. Hey, it's the Chicken Whisperer. If you're in the market for a new incubator, then look no further than GQF. They have a great selection of tabletop and cabinet-style incubators at prices you can afford. I love my GQF Genesis Model 1588. It has a large picture window and an automatic thermostat, which makes for a better hatch every time. Go pick out your new incubator at GQFradio.com. That's GQFradio.com. Hi, I'm country music artist Nathan Osmond, and you're listening to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. Alrighty, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. I do not have any chickens in the news for you today, so we're going to get right in to our topic today. We're going to try this again. We had some connectivity issues last time we had this topic, so it's a very important topic. Every single chicken owner needs to be familiar uh, with this topic, I can assure you, because heat is far more detrimental than the cold ever will be for your flock. I don't care where you live. And um, we've got Dr. Bridget McRae joining us today to talk about, really, uh, summer chicken challenges with our birds. I mean, we know that they eat less in the summer and they drink more in the summer. So by eating less of their nutritionally balanced food, do we need to be concerned with the nutrition that they're getting? Do we need to supplement maybe with some um, uh, vitamins and, and electrolytes since they may not be getting it from the feed since they're eating less feed in the wintertime? Uh, the the um, importance, and I think we all grasp this, the importance of good quality clean water, uh, cool water, for them throughout the summer months as well. I think we understand that, but there may be some tips of the trade that we may not be familiar with, how to deliver that and make sure our flock's getting ample water um, and uh, everything in between. So, uh, and things that we need to think about that we may not know to think about regarding, again, summer chicken challenges. So I'm going right to the phone line. Hopefully you have that pen and paper out. We're going to bring poultry scientist and professor Dr. Bridget on the air right now. Welcome, Doc. Thanks for joining us. 
Hi, Andy. Can you hear me okay? Um, a little bit. It may just be on my end. So we're going to have you continue, and I'll open up the chat okay. room and see if we can get there to share us. But uh, so far, I think so good. But thanks for joining us. In Andy, the very you important... were kind of fluctuating in and out for a little bit. Okay. Thank you for that. That makes sense. I'm in a very mountainous area, so uh, I will see what I can do on my end to try to work on that. Yeah, and folks, if I'm hard to hear, you need to let us know, and I can try something else, okay? Sounds like a plan. Okay. Well, Andy, you hit the nail on the head. You know, things change when the summer gets hot. Chickens' behaviors changes. They drink more. They eat less. And what I'm going to talk to your listeners about today is kind of a larger system of management as it relates to the behavior changes with summertime care, summer heat conditions. So one of the first things I had mentioned in the last time that I talked to your listeners was chickens eat less, they drink more, and therefore their droppings can become a little bit looser or having to drink and drink and drink because they're just hot, 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 their droppings become a little bit wetter and um, a little looser and it's a, a little bit more of a mess to clean up. If you're using a deep litter method or if you're cleaning out weekly and not daily, <coughs> excuse me, then one of the things you need to think about is ventilation to cool down your birds, but also to dry out those droppings. One of the things that sneaks up on people all too quickly is when the temperature, first time the temperature really spikes, then within a day or so, you really start to smell the coop. Ammonia catch it, um, comes into play very quickly. So they're drinking a lot more, their droppings can be a lot looser, and the bacteria that are in the litter, breaking down droppings and breaking down um, anything else that they, they drop into the litter or the bedding, uh, they love warm conditions, and so they multiply. And so you can get ammonia production pretty quickly. If your coop is designed such that you, you have a, a large amount of ammonia collecting at the top or where you come in, uh, you may want to put an attic vent in there or an attic fan in there. Um, another thing is just go get a box fan. That's something very simple that you can go do at a at a, a store like um, Target or Walmart or some of those places. Um, go get a box fan, and you have a choice. You can either point that box fan toward the chickens inside the coop from, like, say, the door area. Or you can point the box fan away from the chicken coop. So the way the way we talk about this in, in uh, my poultry science class is negative versus positive pressure. So if the fan is pushing air into the house, like when you turn the box fan and blow the air into the coop, that's positive pressure. That means that you need to have an outlet somewhere for that air to exit. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it's towards the top. Maybe it's the the door to the run that they exit through. Either way, you need a place for that air to exit, or else, you know that you're just going to have a swirling mess inside there. 
And even though the air will be moving, you still will not be uh, removing the ammonia that is problematic. Turn that fan around and suck air out of the space. That's negative pressure. So if the fan is blowing air away from the coop rather than into the coop, that's negative pressure. And that's actually what we use in commercial industry. Uh, it's not it's not difficult to do. It just whichever way you happen to to point that fan. But if you're sucking air out of the house or the coop, air's got to come in from someplace, and usually that's through a window or the door where they go out into the run, someplace. And I recommend that that opening be up high, so that you blow air out down low and you suck air in up high so that you actually get some mixing of the air um, towards the top of the coop. In in shows past, Andy, I have talked to you about perhaps insulating the roof of your coop. And as people get a little bit of money to do so, hopefully they've been doing that. But one of the things we're talking about in ventilation for the summertime is you want the air to mix and then evacuate itself from the coop. So that ammonia is just going to trickle up, and it rises with heat. And we all know heat rises and cold falls. So you want that, uh, you want that fan to, instead of sucking air straight through across your birds from the, the pop-out door or the door where they go out into the run, I mean, yes, that means there's airflow over the birds, but um, I would hope that you'd want to get some of that ammonia from up high out of there, okay? Um, another thing you could do, and it's not that difficult and not too expensive, maybe something to save up for or ask Santa for in six months, is a solar-powered um, fan that you can put between the studs in your chicken house up yep. high so that um, since it's solar powered, maybe you put it on a timer and it goes on every 10 minutes or every 15 minutes. Depending on the season, you, you're going to have to change things up for winter versus summer. And in the summer, you may just want to let that thing run for a while, um, during the hottest part of the day especially. Um, some people say, you know, if you can pass that air over the birds at night, that helps them when they're roosting. So, and I know this, everybody's coop is designed a little bit differently and where your roost is located, you may not be able to do this, but think about the concepts here. If you can pass air over the birds as they're sleeping at night, they're gonna be more comfortable. So whether that's negative pressure and the air inlet is on the opposite side of the birds where they perch, think about that. And the air inlet doesn't have to be anything super big. Um, it could be mm -hmm. just a sliding opening. Um, or you could do positive pressure and point that towards the birds um, in the evening and, and maybe get some air circulating in there. But it, it's, a, it's a matter of what can you do. Like here in Delaware today, we've got rainstorms. So having a drop cord go out to um, a chicken coop or an extension cord go out to a chicken coop just so you can run a fan, well, you know, 
you're going to have to make sure that those connections don't get wet and you don't short out the fan and that good stuff. Um, so there are alternatives out there. You could do a full clean out at the first inkling that you have an ammonia problem. Not exactly convenient midweek for me. I have more time on the weekends to do that sort of thing. Um, might be the same case for some of your listeners, Andy. Mm-hmm. But a quick fix and one that I, I'm going to plug again because I am so taken with it is throwing down some chick flick to temporarily eat the ammonia. And what it does is it captures or sequesters the ammonia right where it is in the litter rather than, you know, necessarily using lime or something like that that just um, changes the pH. This actually captures the ammonia. Um and that can at least make you last to the weekend. Um, you know, right now he, around here, uh, we it was pouring down rain this morning. We did a full clean out. Didn't matter. You know, my students got to learn. You know, because it was a tough lesson this morning. Yes, you are wet and miserable right now. But this evening, you're going to take a nice warm bath, and you're going to let the day fade away. But right now, we suck it up and get the job done. So. <laughs> You know, that's how we do things here. But, um, you know, there have been times when I use the Chick Flick, and I've explained that to your listeners when it's, oh, I love it. I love using the Chick Flick. Um, But that is an alternative so that, you know, yes, it's hot. The chickens are drinking more. uh, Their droppings can be a little bit looser, and therefore you can get a higher amount of ammonia production. So it is a little bit of a balancing act. You want your chickens to drink more. You want them to be comfortable. So that means you're probably going to have to fix your ventilation um, plan accordingly because they are going to go roost in there at night inside the coop. And, you know, whether or not you let them out and they find a cool place in the hottest part of the day, great. Still, you don't want them to be suffering in any way at night when they go to roost and you're predator-proof, secure, safe, and wonderful coop that you've given them to live in. All right. Question real quick. Oh, go ahead. And I don't have access to a computer, so if you get a question in the chat room, please share it with me. Absolutely. They said the sound uh, has improved greatly, so we're doing good there. Um, Now, we talked about putting fans in the coops, and, I mean, I think we all kind of agree that, for the most part, the chickens are not in the coop during the daytime, uh, maybe in and out, but for the most part, they're out scratching, dust baths, you know, searching for all kinds of great goodies. Um, and then they go back, obviously, and go to roost at night, and they get up on the roost. And we always hear uh, for years, and I agree that it's very important, that you want good ventilation but no drafts. And so while we can utilize the fan to help circulate air and help maybe keep a, a little cooler for the birds, I'm going to guess that you two would recommend that we, even using a fan in the summertime, because, uh, again, 98 during the day, maybe low 80s at night, we still don't want that fan to be direct, especially on the the roost for those many hours at nighttime, because that would act, I guess, as a draft. So You're going to direct, it's not so much a draft that you're going to be worried about. mm -hmm. You would direct it in the general... um, same side of the house, let's say, as where the birds are located. I would point it a little bit towards the roof above the bird so that when it hits that back wall and it hits that roof, it starts to circulate that air, mix it, and bring it down and out wherever you want it to go out. 
couple other things you need to think about, Andy, is how a bird disposes of extra heat um, and how, you know, how the temperatures affect its ability to do that. So you can either um, let heat radiate away from the body. This is difficult for a chicken because they are covered in insulating feathers. So they try to have a lot of heat go to their comb and their waddles and their legs so they can dispel that heat, dissipate that heat. Other things they do is they try to remove heat through contact with cooler surfaces. And, you know, the bedding should be clean and, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the broiler chickens, perfect example. They're not going to go outside necessarily uh, unless they're organic. And even if they are organic, um, they're not necessarily going to go outside and um, seek out shade. They're going to just stay close to the food and water, and they're going to drop their bodies down onto that litter, and the contact with the litter is going to take some of the heat from them. And then, of course, you've got evaporation, and that's when the birds pant. So that's the three methods that birds use to get rid of heat, Um, radiating, contact, and evaporation. So... When it gets hot outside on the East Coast, maybe not so much on the West Coast because um, the conditions are different there. When it gets hot here, we tend to have a lot more relative humidity associated with that. Today, it's raining. It's it's almost 100% relative humidity. It's hot, too. So you may want to put a raincoat on, but you'll just sweat inside that raincoat. So you just get wet instead. Um, so the chickens, when you're passing air over them in, um, summertime, you want to help reduce that relative humidity as much. How do they do that in commercial industry? Well, every bird, you know, is, is precious to them. They want to pass that air through, um, cool pad cells which is uh, akin to a swamp cooler, um, but they have fans down at one end of the house and they have cool pad cells at the other end. Air is sucked in through the cool pad cells, which have um, water running down them. And so the air at that end of the house is cool. And as it passes through to the opposite end of the house where the fans blow it out or suck it out, um, you know, by the time it reaches that end of the house, when you walk into a chicken house and it's 105 outside and 100% humidity, you go into a chicken house and you're like, I'll stay here all day because it's a perfect 75 degrees, just about. And it helps drop the relative humidity, makes it easier for the birds to lose and dissipate that heat because you constantly have air flowing over their bodies. So, yes, young people out there, you can go to school to not only raise chickens, but figure out the next latest and greatest way to keep them comfortable inside their chicken coops and their chicken houses. So this is a science, ag engineering science in and of itself, which isn't actually an area that I've done much work in or talked to your listeners about, but just kind of 
talking about the science of poultry um, on the engineering side. Um, so, yes, you could probably point that fan right at them on the worst, uh, most awful days. Um, they'll probably just move away from it <laughs> because they don't like the wind buffeting against them. But um, you're not necessarily going to create that much of a draft because you're not cooling the air before using just a box fan. You're not necessarily cooling the air um, before it hits their bodies. Whatever relative humidity it is outside, it's going to be entering the coop that way and leaving the coop that way Um, because you're not actually doing something to cool the air before, short of installing a air conditioner in your coop, you know, I'm I'm ready and willing to listen to the, all suggestions made by your your listeners, Andy. I bet you they've got some really good ideas. And when you get a group of people thinking about these things, sometimes citizen science can be pretty awesome. Absolutely. Okay. So, any other questions? Kind of tackling that area. Not right now. Okay. So. Now you've kind of been thinking about how could I make my chickens' lives a little bit easier. Yeah, they've got options for keeping cool in the middle of the day, but when they go back into the coop at night to roost, um, you could be doing them another favor. Um, Other things that you could do, um, what if you go on vacation? What if you work late? What if your shift schedule changes every other week and – you know, you're not able to to be there when they go to roost at night. What are some things that you could do for, on the ventilation side? Well, I've talked about thermo cubes in the past for turning on heaters in the winter. Well, they have thermo cubes for the summer too. So if you want to plug in a fan, but you don't want it to run all the time, just when the temperature gets above so many degrees Fahrenheit. Um, you can plug in uh, the fan to the thermocube, and it only lets power to the fan when it gets hot enough um, to warrant it. And there's lots of different uh, thermocubes out there. If you can, you know, when I say chickens are pretty unhappy at about 85, 90 degrees, I would put a fan on them um, unless it's a really dry heat. Um, so those of you out on the West and in the desert Southwest, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes here, 88 degrees and 80% humidity can be pretty miserable, but you take that humidity away and you're like, not that bad. Chickens will feel it too. Um, so other things that you can do to make your chicken flies a little bit easier you can go ahead and try cooling their water down. We all know that chickens are very sensitive to the temperature of water. If it's too cold or if it's frozen, they're not going to have anything to do with it, not going to drink as much. Um, chickens can detect a little bit of salt in the water, um, but you know, nothing, nothing much else will really affect them. Um, I would say can freeze a couple of water bottles and drop them into your chicken's uh, waterer. 
before, you know, the hottest part of the day or before you go to work, um, then you'll you'll get a slower release of that cold. Um, and if you can swap them out midday, you know, and just refreeze them again, you know, they should last you several weeks before they bust open. Um, and it's not it's not too terribly difficult as long as you've got access to a freezer. Some people like to put ice cubes in their chickens' waters. Um, some people I've heard actually dye their ice cubes to make them fun colors for the chickens. I Honestly, I think it's probably more for the humans than for the chickens. Um, but that's a fun activity that you could do with your kids is just take a little food-grade dye and um, put it in some ice cube trays and, um, you know, pop those out and put them into your chicken's water. See if they like it. Other things, try to keep your water as cool as possible. Relocate your water um, outdoors if you can. If the coop gets too hot, and it doesn't hurt to have a thermometer in there, if your coop gets too hot, uh, your water will remain hot. And why fight it? If your coop just isn't ventilated properly for the benefit of your birds, move that water out into the run if you can, uh, making sure that that water does not provide a, a water source for any wild birds. So your run should be secure. Um, and, you know, keep it in the shade out there. Other things that I've seen people do, um, I've seen people take uh, bags of ice and drop that inside their chicken coop water um, and just let that do a slow melt all day long. Um, kind of an expensive option, I think. Um, one thing I do not uh, think is a good idea is to put um, uh, <clears throat> CO2 um, frozen ice in there even though it looks cool um, that's CO2 gas coming off of there and if you breathe too much of that what happens Andy? Mm, um, hmm. Too you much CO2 out. gas yeah it's uh, yeah you living uh, traveling in an RV you got to worry about that sometimes so not- your chickens aren't going to really realize that that's a gas they shouldn't be breathing. So, <laughs> you know, you have to be the grown-up here. You have to be the adults here. And, and you know, as cool as it is for, for kids, your chickens shouldn't be, you know, trying to drink from water that's off-gassing uh, with the gas being harmful. Even though I see a lot of that on the Internet these days, um, people throwing um, blocks of frozen CO2, dry ice into pools and such. Um, yeah. Let's skip that one, okay, Andy? <laughs> you know, one of my favorite <laughs> um one of my favorite waterers, uh, uh really for, for the summertime. I do love the chicken fountain. Um and um they do a great job, Frank and he's Oh, got we a, just put from, one of those up in our in our mobile house today. I should take pictures of that and send it to you. Please do, please do. Um, I uh, really, really like the Bright Tap feeder for the summertime 
because it, if you like the nipple type waterers, but the way it works is it connects, you're familiar with it, connects right to a large cooler. So to give, to paint a picture, uh, a lot of these big orange igloo coolers on the back of the construction trucks you're riding down the road and whatnot, you can find them used on Craigslist and whatnot. But uh, the, the, I guess the spigot, faucet part, uh, comes out, you put this in, and then you've got an insulated waterer that then you can, like you talked about, filling up with ice, uh, and then they'll have cool, fresh water all day long um, mm -hmm. through that system. So I really like that. In fact, I recommend that a lot for some of them. Andy, they have a little cover that goes over the the part that sticks out so that you don't get algae growth in there, too. It's a very innovative design. It's, that is correct. And so, but, but again, in the wintertime, you probably have to deal with freezing that little device, the, the water itself, not the big cooler because it's insulated, but, um, and the nipples and things like that. So, uh, you know, and so for the summertime, if you, you know, I would have two waterers. You'd have this in the summertime, which, again, is going to meet all of your needs for the cool, fresh water all day long. And you're not like, because you know, let's face it, if you drop in a frozen 20 liter or one of those 20 ounce a frozen 20 ounce bottle of water you freeze it you drop it in say a three or five gallon water pond out in the yard let's face it it's not going to stay frozen very long um they no. won't get a whole lot that's why you want to freeze a bunch of them <laughs> exactly then you go to work and you can't you know so during the day the hot part of the day so this it's i think a great solution they're affordable and then you fill it up with ice before you go leave for work in the morning, and I guarantee there will be ice when you come back, um, and you'll have, chickens will have nice cool. But, again, in the wintertime, you're probably not going to choose that option. You'll probably switch over <laughs> to chicken fountain or some other type of font water that maybe you want to set on a chicken wa uh, water heater or something like that because so, it's really not uh, – you'll have – it'll be a challenge for you in the wintertime in the cold climates. So um, I love that one for the so summertime, though. Think yes. back 10 years ago when we didn't even have these options to even discuss with people. Mm -hmm. We had galvanized metal waters and plastic trough waters. And, you know, unless you wanted to build your own, which not a lot of people are up for, we were just like, well, keep it cool, keep it clean for the summer, and in the winter, keep it warm, keep it clean. And yeah. off we went. In the last two years when I do my workshops traveling around the country, I tell them when I get to the part of choosing the waterer for both the brooder and the coop, um, I'm like, look, I don't even spend time on it anymore because over the last two years, anybody with some creativity and a basement has come out with these new innovative, whether it be nipple waters or cup waterers or, you know, these buckets that have UV protection. And there, there's so many different choices. If you may, you, you know, for example, you may have water connection. Uh, your, your coop's 40 yards from the house. You don't have water out there. Okay, well, I look at an automatic water. You don't have water out there. So you're going to be toting water or dragging a hose. So, so there's so many different options now. All the folks that have, you know, with creativity have come out with these waters, some better than others. But, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's now what I call a researchable item in itself versus, like you said, 10 years ago, we would say, okay, here are your options, and, and we do with yeah. it what we can. And then now there's all these other great things that, um, that you can do. So, but, but, yeah, I love that um, bright tap waterer system for the summertime, and it will solve your problems. And, uh, but wintertime, you'll probably find another, another waterer to use if you live in a cold climate. But I really like that one. 
So I have no idea what time it is, Andy. Is it is it break? I can time? go to break. Thirty-seven. Okay. Yeah, I can. Uh, I didn't go to break and give you time to regroup and uh, continue back. So make sure during the break, if you haven't already, get that pen and paper so you can continue to take some notes. We're talking with poultry scientist and professor Dr. Bridget McCray, Ph.D. We're talking about summer chicken challenges, uh, and there are a lot of them. And as we know, I always say, heat is far more detrimental to your chickens than the cold ever will be, and you really need to watch them um, with chickens starting to pant 83 degrees, um, you can watch that and how that happens when you're out spending time with your birds. And, um, you know, the challenges of keeping cool water, we just gave you some solutions with that. Shade, the fan, hanging that in the coop, but being careful uh, that it's not directly on your chickens uh, and uh, overnight even um, for those solutions. And um, there's going to be more to come. So stay with us. i got to go to a quick commercial break, and we'll be back right after this. When you need an incubator, think Brincy, the incubation specialists. Brincy has been a world-leading manufacturer of quality incubators for almost 40 years. They manufacture incubators that hold anywhere from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity controls and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and receive 10% off your entire order. Order your new incubator today at Brincy.com. That's B-R-I-N-S-E-A.com. Cackle Hatchery is a third-generation, family-owned and operated hatchery. They offer over 193 varieties of poultry shipped directly from their facility in Missouri. It's their mission to enhance your life by providing you with quality poultry for showing, meat, enjoyment, eggs, and pets. They specialize in hatching purebred poultry and shipping day-old chicks right to your local post office since 1936. 4-H and FFA Youth Poultry Clubs get a 10% discount. Check out their website, CackleHatchery.com for posted weekly specials and discounts. That's CackleHatchery.com. Just a cap full a day directly into their water is all it takes for a stronger immune system. Introducing ePoultry, an all-natural, whey-based soluble that will help improve your flock's overall health. Made by farmers for farmers right here in the USA. ePoultry is a safe, all-natural way to give your birds the strong immune system they deserve. Learn more and purchase at www.eanimalproducts.com. That's www.eanimalproducts.com. Want to protect your hens from the damage caused by an overly affectionate rooster? Nothing protects hens better than the Hen Saver Hen Apron. Hen Saver Hen Aprons come in several different sizes to fit both bantam and large fowl hens. They also come in several different styles and colors. Give your hens the protection they deserve by purchasing Hen Saver Hen Aprons today. 100% of all proceeds goes to provide care to rescued animals at Crazy K Farm in Hempstead, Texas. Purchase your Hen Saver Hen Aprons at hensaver.com. That's hensaver.com. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. 
Their business is built on customer service and quality poultry. From rare white and brown egg layers to broilers, ducks, turkeys, and bantams, Ideal Poultry is the largest supplier of backyard poultry in the United States, shipping close to 5 million chicks annually. Visit them online at IdealPoultry.com. That's IdealPoultry.com. Do you provide a heat source for your backyard chickens in the winter? In most cases, it's not necessary. But if you choose to provide a heat source for your backyard chickens, it's imperative to use a safe and effective heat source, and the only one I recommend is the Sweeter Heater. The Sweeter Heater is a safe, completely sealed, washable, non-breakable, energy-efficient, long-lasting and reliable specific area heater that comes with a three-year warranty. Ditch the dangerous heat lamp this season and invest in the only heater I recommend, the Sweeter Heater. Purchase the Sweeter Heater online at SweeterHeater.com. That's SweeterHeater.com. From our family to yours, feed your chickens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Visit our website at kalmbachfeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H-Feeds.com. Or order today on Amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of the Chicken Whisperer. All righty, thank you very much for staying with us today. I'm Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer brought to you by Kalmbach Feeds. Let's get back over to our phone lines. And uh, we still have about 10 minutes left of the show where uh, we can learn a little bit more about summer chicken challenges from our guest today, uh, Dr. Bridget McRae. Doc, take it away. Hey, just having heard hey. your Kalmbach commercial, that's what my students are doing right now. They're weighing the feed that the chickens have eaten over the course of a week. Um, I think I've mentioned it to you. Uh, they did a trial comparing the broilers and the buckeyes, and we're on the buckeye portion still. Gosh, those birds are like 16 weeks old now. Um, <laughs> not the most efficient growers, but, you know, hey, um, that's why we do. So you know what you're using your stuff into for meat chickens. And I think we also talked about that a little bit in your um, magazine article, um, how, you know, how much time it can take. Um, But to finish up here, um, one of the things that people um, should take a little bit time, a little bit of time out of their day to do is just watch behavior. Um, a lot of people, when they come home, they let the chickens out and they run through the yard and do this, that, or the other, or in the run, and just go out there, bottle water, and watch them. What are they doing? What is normal behavior? This time of year, when it starts to get hot and dry, in many cases, except for here, it's raining today, um, when you learn your chicken's behavior and what normal, healthy chicken behavior is like, you, you'll probably see it most in the summer. And just get used to seeing what your birds 
when they're comfortable are doing and act like. And that way, later on the year, if the weather changes, and it will change, and it gets cold and dreary and rainy, and then, it, you know, you might get hot, cold, hot, cold in the spring and fall, you want to know when your flock is really um, stressed time in the summer to really get to know your birds go put some sunscreen on go get a hat take a big old bottle of water and just you know spend a few days over a, a, hours over a weekend um, and watch their behavior and what normal behavior is like so you can identify when you have a real problem on your hands when somebody you know is is hen Penny Penny, is she always isolating herself? Is she low man on the totem pole? Um, so that if she isolates herself in the winter and it, it seems to be a little bit different, then you know, okay, that's not normal for her. I need to get her in quarantine and figure out what's going on. A couple other things I wanted to make sure that your listeners know about, Andy. Um a lot of people want to put vitamins and electrolytes in the water um, or worm their chickens uh, during this time of year. Just be careful with your water. Uh, chickens do tend to drink a lot more when the water is, is fresh and clean and cool. So if you take the water away from them in order to get them a little bit thirsty, assume a, a, a water-based um, wormer or you want them to have access to um, electrolytes in the water. Um, you don't want to take that water away for too long and cause them to really stress out. Now, for a water, you want to make sure that you see everybody drinks sufficiently, so you should have a, a large enough water that everybody can get in there, and you'll leave it in there for maybe an hour or so to make sure everybody gets a good drink. And then you want to clean it out dump out the water, and um, put fresh, clean water in after scrubbing out the water. Um, slightly different scenario with the electrolytes. That's, it's like adding salt to the water, and that makes them just a little bit thirstier. So you can, you can count on a little extra water consumption and perhaps a little bit looser droppings after that. So just know that you might want to do a smaller batch or a secondary water um, next to your regular water. So if they want to get some electrolytes, they can, but they also have the option of going back to their regular water, larger water inside the coop. So <clears throat> just think about different ways that, that that could be done for you and your, your flock so that nobody gets, um, you know, they, they're trying to drink water and all it is is salty water. Um, also follow the label directions and mix your waters or your uh, wormers accordingly. Okay. So one of the last things that I wanted to talk about, um, and it relates to ammonia again, um, is foot burn. Yeah. If you aren't able to get, um, you know, that coop cleaned out or maybe you go on vacation and the person you got, you know, part of the package wasn't <laughs> cleaning out the coop. Um, sometimes if it gets really mucky in there or mushy in any way and if you're doing deep litter, 
this is constantly something you have to look for. Um, just check their foot pads and make sure that there's no um, swelling or, or scarring on there. Um, that can lead to a little bit of bumblefoot, and nobody wants to deal with that. And that can be because the ammonia levels got pretty high and didn't get cleaned out, and the litter was a little bit wet or mushy. Just um, something else for your, your flock owners to think about on the management side of things. Um, other things, uh, this time of year you shouldn't have to put in extra light. Mother Nature pretty much pays the light bill, so you should get plenty of eggs unless your flock goes into a molt. Um, and, you know, if you want all your your chickens to, to molt efficiently, you want them to preferably get it done in a month's time, uh, less than that if possible, um, to get them back on to egg laying again. Um, if you have external parasites, uh, you may see your chickens um, molting those feathers out. Uh, if you see any knit-laden feathers, get rid of them. Put them in the compost pile. Um, your chickens may take more dust baths. Um, just a few inches below the surface of the ground, the, the earth is much cooler. And getting that cooled earth up against their skin does help them cool down just a little bit and helps them also dislodge any external parasites that they have. Thing for you to consider. And lastly, Andy, one of the things I wanted to talk about was what if it all goes wrong? Some chicken gets really heat stressed and overheated, and it's on the point of heat exhaustion. What are you going to do? Well, you go collect that bird, and you get it into the house or someplace where it's cooler immediately. Um, preferably, you want to get it under not necessarily cold running water, but um, room temperature and then slowly going cooler water to help cool them down. Remember, a chicken's body temperature is is going to be probably 107 or more at that that time. You don't want to shock them into cold cold water, but um, you want to apply that cool water. Uh, wet them down underneath the wings, um, around the vents, around the the head and the neck area, trying not to get water into their ears, of course, um, and just try to bring them back that way. Um, it's not always successful, but um, heat prostration is a risk this time of year, and um, you know, some people I know will just straight up on the absolute hottest three or four days of the year, they just give their chickens baths and let them keep cool inside the house on those hottest days. That may be an option for you. You don't have to give them a bath. You could just bring them into the house, you know, when it's 110 or over 105, and you know that it's a rough go for them out there, even if you do have a fan out there. I know that some people bring in their chickens when it's, you know, minus 20 outside. So why wouldn't you do them the same favor when it's excessively hot outdoors? Um, mm. So just those feathers right underneath the wings against the body, not necessarily on the wing portion. Um, you know, they're thinner. Uh, you can you can take um, – and wet them down underneath there, and that should get to the heart girth area fairly quickly to cool down their core body temperature. Um, 
and you can hopefully save your birds. It would be nice if somebody could invent a, a chicken apron where you could insert um, ice packs or something on their side so they could walk around with little ice saddles on during the day. There you go. Let let the let the games begin on that one, right, Andy? <laughs> I can't wait to see the pictures on Pinterest. Ice vest, yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and and I'm sure uh, somebody will probably think of that and follow through and and post some pictures of that. You never know. So, uh, but I yeah, hope keep so. Your- <laughs> Keeping your chickens cool. I mean, it's 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 very 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 important in the summertime, and there's a lot of challenges. Like we said, eating less, drinking more, and then because of that, may not getting the nutrition that they need. Um, egg laying may slow down, of course, uh, and that may be contributed mm-hmm. to a lot of. Things. And, um, and again, there's there's just a lot of challenges. So we could probably do four or five different shows on this, but we wanted to touch okay. on it. Uh, because uh, it's already, I know uh, East Dallas Dave's in the chat room. He said that, uh, let's see, 111. Heat index is supposed to be 111 today. Uh, he's out near Dallas and yeah. um, says it, uh, it's 96 in Florida where Christmas Chick is in the chat room. And uh, but it feels like it's 106 down there. And um, <laughs> wow, so we, we really need so, to. So I know when my mom came to visit last month, um, she had this uh, kind of a, a funky gel that she would put into the freezer, and it was for her back. Um, mm-hmm. And it was in a in a, you know it came with a wrap so she could wrap it around her back when it was bothering her. I just think that needs to be fashioned into a a, a chicken saddle or apron somehow. Somebody out there's got to know how to mold plastic and put that gel in it. There you go. Yeah. A little bit of, you know, just have a, yeah, have a saddle with a, a little Velcro pocket you can slide the the gel pack in uh, during the day and yeah. then, uh, keep them cool. That's, somebody will come out with that, I guarantee it. So, but, uh, hey, great show. Thanks for coming on, as uh, always, folks. You can hear Dr. McRae the first and third Thursday of every single month right here on Blog Talk Radio, and we appreciate her coming on. You can read lots of her awesome articles on um, Chicken Whisperer Magazine. And, um, by the way, I sent you an email needing an uh, invoice for the summer Uh-oh. article. I haven't so, been yeah, to get... check my office yet. Sorry about that. Not a problem. We're out here on the farm today. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Well, hey, thanks for joining us. We'll see you back here in a couple weeks. We'll have another great topic for our listeners. Thank you, Andy. Enjoy your day, everyone. Thank you, and stay cool, especially those chickens out there. Make sure they stay uh, nice, cool, and comfortable. Otherwise, you may start losing some eggs. They'll say, enough of this. Goodbye, egg-laying machine. I'm not giving you any eggs if you're not going to keep me nice and cool in the summertime. So uh, got to love it. That's going to wrap up our shows for this week. We'll return uh, next Tuesday right here on Blog Talk with another great chicken care topic that I'm sure will interest you. So thanks for tuning in. Continue to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And subscribe to the free digital edition of Chicken Whisperer Magazine at chickenwhispermagazine.com. And um, I've got a lot of work to do. I've got a lot of work to do. 
um, the deadlines. Uh, I got to get with you. I see you're still on, um, Dr. McRae, but you're on mute. Uh, I'll get with you later because uh, we got to start working on the second edition of the Chicken Whisperer's Guide. So, uh, wow, lots to do. And it's all to benefit our listeners. So thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next Tuesday right here on Blog Talk Radio. God bless everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.